Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases. The content may be triggering or inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Charnel. And I'm Amber. And this week, I'm bringing you some cases. It's on me. Mm-hmm. All on me this week. That's fun. And I'm going to talk to you today about Tiffany Jenks. Now, this came to us from one of our Patreon, Mallory. So thanks, Mallory. Thank she, you. She sent it and said, you know, I don't know if there will be enough information to get a full episode, but here you go. And You got it. I, Of course I dug it up mm-hmm. and said, yes, we need to cover this because it's actually on the surface level. If you just read a surface article about this, it seems pretty cut and dry. It seems like everybody knows what's going on. The police got it solved. Bing, bang, a boom. However, there has been some stirrings, some musings and mumbles in the shadows that perhaps this wasn't as cut and dry as people maybe thought. So this is one of those cases, you guys, that I'm just going to let it, I'm going to lay it in your lap and, you know, you pet it, you put it down, you do what you want with it, but it's up to you. We'll see what everybody's uh, thoughts and opinions are. And uh, if it's like some of our other cases that we've done this, Amber, once you write in your, your beautiful, Amber writes our descriptions for our cases. She has such a, a way with yes, the words. I do. Her word porn, as I call it, when I'm like, <laughs> hey, this episode's ready. It's edited. Put your word porn on it. And then I get the juices flowing yes. and I come up with something to beautiful, paint a picture. Beautiful descriptions. But... Then we get the internet trolls that don't listen to our episode. We've had trolls like, what? We opened a bridge somewhere. (laughs) There is a troll portal that has been opened. Yes, yes. From the underworld. And they just read your description and then like, like, right, attack the episode. And it's like, listen, just listen to the episode. So this is going to be like that. I'm not really sure how long this is going to be. Amber and I have discussed We've come across several cases that we feel like deserve um, either whether it's a quick missing persons case where there's not a whole lot of information. You know, there's just a lot of different type of cases out there that we would like to be a part in doing doing our small part in trying to reach the world, being another outlet for for families. But there might not always be a lot of information. And so we discussed that maybe we would start doing cases like that as little mini-sodes. I love, I just love saying mini-sodes. A mini-sode, yes. And when we do those, they're going to be for our Patreons, just extra content for our Patreons. So if you're a Patreon listening, just know that when we come across those, we, uh, we're going to save them and hop on and on top of your bonus content, give you some, some mini-sodes. Yeah. Um, so if you're interested in joining our Patreon, hey, jump over there, crimecuriouspatreon.com for that. Um, I I don't know. It's it's going to be just when we see it and or when it comes into our inbox, something like that, we would like to cover it. But it might not be something that we can get a full case out of. And today, today might be a mini-soda. It might not be. I'm not sure. But this, we're going to give you all a little bit of a taste of what we're thinking. It probably depends um, on if I shut up, if I... talk if I you know if we discuss but yep yep exactly so so just know that that that's a new thing for our patreons that we're going to start doing as things come across our desk that we would like to highlight I have several that I've come across that even more recent cases or like you said it's not a it's not a 20 page case but we'll still discuss it and like and it deserves they deserve their story to be told. There might not be a ton of information doesn't mean that we shouldn't cover them. So we just thought we would really like to start highlighting that, shedding some light on some of those cases. But 
It's going to be a perk for our, our Patreons. We got to take care of them first because yeah. they're who keeps us on air. So come join us. That. Come to yep. the other side. Yes, yes. You get yes. a personalized gift as well. Yes, you do. When you join our Patreon By the way, Facebook we, group. We do still have several Patreons who have not joined our Facebook group. If you are a Patreon, there is a link in your welcome email to our private Patreon only Facebook group. Yes. So join us there. We are waiting. I am waiting to. Put a gif up yes. for, for you. She is. It's one of her favorite parts of the job. <laughs> it is. It really is. So our victim here, Tiffany Fern Marie Jenks. I, I really love the name Fern as a it's name. It's fun. I like that. It is fun. She was born in Corvallis, Oregon. And growing up, she was part of a large family. She had five five other siblings. She was 35 years old when she went on to get degrees in business management, economics, and physics from Portland State University in Oregon. Very motivated. Yes. She was actually a hydrologist. Oh. Yes, at a company in Oregon before quitting sometime around 2010 um, after her father passed away. I don't even know what that is, but it sounds very She was in moist. physics, man. Yeah. yeah. Hydro. Hydro's yeah. right in there. It's it's a mm. moist job, it's I'm a, sure. It's a water I, job. I have a feeling that she studied the functionality of water and how it can be used mechanically. Okay. Yeah. I'll give that to you. So that's, that's, that's my probably, two cents. Yeah. Yes. I'll look it up after this and see. It does. It it comes into play with some of the more the theories later. Her oh, employment. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Um, but she did she did work for a hydrologist company in Oregon before she quit in two thousand and ten. Like I said, after her father had passed away, and she then started to struggle with addiction okay. from her father passing. Now, her sister said that she had plans to travel to Thailand, and she was working on authoring a book at the time of her death. Um, But unfortunately, around 7.20 a.m. on October 8th, 2013, a stranger, just a passerby, actually found Tiffany's deceased body at the entrance of the Blue Lake Park in Fairview. He called 911. Now, Tiffany's body was found face down, and an autopsy showed that she had been shot once in the head just a few hours before her discovery at 7.20 a.m. Now, we know that around 2.10 a.m., Tiffany was last seen with a trio of people, so three people, mm. in a vehicle. It was the last time that she was seen alive on security footage. It captured the license plate. And this car, uh, so she's seen getting into this vehicle with this trio. It's got We've got the license plate. Authorities were able to confirm that this vehicle was registered to a Michelle Warden Brosey, and she was out that night with her boyfriend, Josh Robinette, and their other friend, Daniel Burinell, all right, or maybe it's Burinell, B-R-U-Y-N-E-L-L. Okay. Burinell. So the three of them, that was the trio, all right, that Tiffany was last seen with on that security footage and from there they get the license plate and see that this um, vehicle is registered to Michelle. Now were they close friends of hers? No and that right there Amber is what brings people to this case and sparks this case. Sure that was one of my first thoughts I'm like are we BFF level are we I'm not familiar with you but I'll hang out with you level we are it will get I will get you to the events of the night but what people struggle with this case is that there are a lot of people that are like yes random strangers do murder people and other people are like no that is bizarre random Mm. strangers that just met that night don't just murder people I mean but right? they do. But they do. That's exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think this is far fetched at I all. I get what you're saying. So yeah. it's like, did that? Did they? Didn't they? Okay. Yep. Yep. So 
the authorities have her have Michelle's license plate number. They were able to locate the vehicle at a motel in Kelso, Oregon. Now, right then and there, they take Joshua and Michelle into custody. They're the couple. Then a few days later, Daniel is also arrested, and he's in California at this point in time. Now, all three of them give different variations of the story of what happened in the early hours of October 8th, 2013. Joshua and Michelle had known each other for many years. They actually had planned on getting married. Oh. Um, he was living in Oakland, California at the time, but was going to move back to Oregon to be with Michelle. Uh, Joshua knew Daniel through work in Oakland. And on October 7th, Daniel and Joshua took a cab to Portland because Daniel wanted to buy Joshua's 357 revolver. And that revolver was with Michelle. So, and remember, uh, Joshua and Michelle are like seemingly engaged, but they don't live together. She's in Oregon and he's in California yeah. with Daniel. So they, they meet up to where the gun is. You know, Michelle's got this gun for Joshua and Daniel's going to buy it. And, of course, the three of them are like, let's go out and party for the night. So they go to various clubs. They go, there's a lot of um, information on they were at different bars. Then they were at different strip clubs. And this is where on that night they meet Tiffany at one of the, depending on whose story it is, either one of the bars or one of the strip clubs. Uh. Now, Joshua tells the police that the four of them drove to a desolate area where he got out to urinate. This is Joshua's story. He claimed that Tiffany had been exhibiting odd behavior, and she had started yelling and screaming at them and becoming very volatile. Then Michelle and Joshua start having sex outside of the car. I mean, what better opportunity when someone's peeing on the other side of the vehicle. Oh, no, this is still Joshua's rendition. He gets out to pee, apparently, before giving it to Michelle. Oh, okay. Yeah. uh, I mean, I get it. You want to pee before, not during, unless that's your thing. Some people like that. Some people like it. We're not here to stink the cake. But apparently, not Joshua. So he takes a fresh pee, and then he gives it to her. Then bends her over. I... That's it's all the foreplay you need right yeah, there. Yes, exactly. Nothing gets me going than hearing, hearing a my stream. husband leak. Yeah. <laughs> hearing a fresh stream in mm-hmm. nature. I love That's it. That's right. So Michelle and Joshua are reportedly having sex outside when they hear Daniel arguing with Tiffany because she's still yelling at all them. Probably like, what the fuck are you guys doing having sex when we're in the middle of nowhere? Right. And, and I'm I don't just sitting know here. people. Right. Yeah. That would be a little awkward. I think I'd be yelling too. Yeah. Like, hi, I'm new here, but do we do this all the time? Is this a thing? Yeah. You're just leaving Daniel and her in the car. So... Joshua said that when they got back to the car, they asked Daniel to get in, and they left without Tiffany. Oh, so they left her there in the middle of nowhere. Yep. Joshua claims he didn't hear any gunshots. Okay. And now, Michelle is like, okay, okay, yes, we, we were, Joshua did get outside to take a leak, then yes, we were outside having sex. Yes, I heard Daniel and Tiffany arguing with one another. She was yelling. She was being, you know, had erratic behavior. But she then tells the police that she did hear a gunshot. And then in her story, she said that Joshua had even told her that he saw a muzzle flash. So like the gunpowder, you know, if you ever paid attention in the in the movies about how it, or um, about how it, uh, in the movies how... There's like this flash of light that comes out of the barrel. Yeah. Okay. That's what she's talking about. Okay. So she's like, oh, well, Josh told me that he saw that. And I, she didn't see it, but she heard, says she heard a gunshot. Okay. All right. A witness who lived close to the park reported to hearing a gunshot between 2.30 and 3 a.m. on October 8th. So during Daniel's interview, he told the police that Tiffany was drunk that she was yelling at them to shoot her. Oh. Uh-huh. This is his story. He added that Joshua and Michelle urged him 
meaning hit Daniel, to shoot Tiffany. This is one heck of an ending to a a night out with drinking. With random people that you just We've never uh, had this encounter. Never once. You've never asked me to shoot you after we went out for drinks. No, nor have you ever asked me. Wow. No. That's... Our nights out are dull. (laughs) They really are. Apparently. We need to step they're, it they're, up. They're just the right kind of doll for me, though, because yep. I'm just not sure I want to get to this point. You had to. Also, I would never leave you in the car while I was getting bent over on the no, side of the I road. And I appreciate that. Ever. I would never, no. you know, want to just sit there while the car was rocking and you're <laughs> right. at the front of it just I, going to town. I, I wouldn't. Uh, I didn't think I'd you sit would. sit there very calmly like, okay. For sure. All right. <laughs> what? What? Write us. What would you guys do in that situation? Yes. I want to know because I legitimately have never experienced people spontaneously combusting Just, into a sex I act in front of me. Um, yeah. I'd probably so be I'm, like, you got, you need anything? Are we okay? <laughs> do we need water? I was just going to say, uh, don't forget to stretch. <laughs> stretch hydration. Can I interest anyone in a banana? Yeah. To eat. I mean, you had to really encourage me to stay out past 10 last time. Yep, yep. 10 was my... It took some coercion. It did. For sure. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I I don't know. They're at 3 in the morning. This one is the most far-fetched to me. (sighs) Yes, exactly. I I mean, I was a little thrown off even by, like, the they were outside having sex and we were arguing in the car thing. And this whole thing is just a little odd to me. So, it really is, all of it. And so... Basically, what Daniel is saying is, listen, they're urging me to shoot Tiffany. Tiffany's begging me to shoot her. And Michelle and Joshua are urging me to To do so. And then after he did, they congratulated him after doing so. This is according to Daniel. So he says he shot her. She wanted it. She was begging. And she was being violent. And uh now... After the incident, Daniel said that he had given the gun to his girlfriend, which, awesome, thanks for making me an accessory. And that morning, Joshua and Michelle dropped Daniel at the bus station where he took a bus back to Oakland. Like, yeah. They shot her. She wanted it. I'm going home now. Yep, yep. So, in December 2015, Daniel, who was 27, pled guilty to first-degree manslaughter. And a few weeks later, he was sentenced to 18 years in prison. Yeah. This is, I can't, I, I can't process this. It's so bizarre to me. Well, this is, this is kind of how I, how I framed this episode. It's just like when you surface level read about it, it's like, okay, well, this is, wow. Cave to peer pressure and shot this girl. Right. While okay. they were all drunk, presumably. They never actually say that. They only mention that Tiffany is drunk. But they're all bar hopping right. all night long. I think it's reasonable to assume that they had all overindulged and been overserved. Yeah. <laughs> so he pleads guilty, and a few weeks later, he's sentenced, like I said, to 18 years in prison. Now, Tiffany's sister addressed Daniel in court, saying, I can only imagine the terror that she must have felt in her final moments, and it haunts me to this day. I don't understand this. Why did you do it? Joshua and Michelle pled guilty to hindering prosecution and were sentenced to about a year in prison. Now, Joshua did also admit to scratching off the serial number on the weapon, the murder weapon. Like, it's not like they weren't trying to cover this up. Now, according to prison records, Daniel is still currently incarcerated at the Oregon State Penitentiary in Salem, Marion County. And the earliest that he can be released from prison is March 2031. So, it seems pretty cut and dry, right? Like, we're 17 minutes in. How is this really a true crime case? I mean, it's a true crime case, but it's not an in-depth one yet at this point in time, right? Take me in. Take me in deep. this is where we start to... Question. Yes. Mm -hmm. Get your scuba gear on, everyone. We're, We're going down. All right. Many people really refuse to believe that she was that Tiffany Jenks was murdered in an act of senseless random violence and they bring up her erratic behavior leading up to the incident because that was talked about a lot by all three of them that she was very erratic, she became very violent 
At the same token, I argue she'd been drinking. We know she struggled with addiction. This isn't out of the ordinary. Right. Necessarily, right? Yeah. But, so I'm just playing devil's advocate on that part. part. But they say that her, her behavior was strikingly similar to that of victims of the MK Ultra mind control experience, which I hadn't been really up to date on at all. Frankly, I... When I first read these articles, I uh, hadn't heard of it at all. No, I haven't. But the MK Ultra was an early Cold War era program that saw the that saw the United States attempting to create spies and assassins that could be turned on and a turn and then turned off. So, like one article I read gave the example of like Jason Bourne, um, in the Bourne Identity. Yes, in yeah. the Bourne Identity. Uh, series there okay so a lot of people who allegedly underwent the mk ultra conditioning acted out in bizarre ways that were similar to how tiffany jenks was reportedly acting on the night of her death now tiffany's ex-boyfriend john s captain the third that is a mouthful it really is um said that when tiffany would drink alcohol her behavior would have a marked change she would stop being the sweet physicist that everyone, you know, knew and loved, and she became shockingly angry. And he also, he said that she would say things like, when you find out who I really am, you will hate me. Now, while all of that could be seen as a nod towards her secret MK Ultra conditioning, it actually sounds more like symptoms of someone who's struggling with depression and addiction sure, issues, which sure. is more so where I'm landing because I'm not a big conspiracy theorist. Theory, theory, theory. I'm not a big <laughs> linguist either, obviously. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll divulge in, in a theory or two. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm here for them, but you just... You just never know. Well, more information came forward, too, that in an audio recording of one of Tiffany's therapy sessions that has actually now been deleted, you can hear her therapist making knocking sounds, which many believe to be a hypnotic trigger. So that's a part of hypnosis. And the therapist also talks about the yellow brick road, which is a common reference to the Wizard of Oz, which many conspiracy theorists believe contains occult messages. Yeah. And I am doing a bonus episode this month for our Patreons on the Wizard of Oz. Awesome. mm -hmm, Because then I went down a different rabbit hole. And that's when I was like, oh, we've got to cover this. (laughs) So... Um, so there's, there's people out there that are like, you know, the erotic, the er, erotic, no, not the erotic behavior, Charnel. Like, where are we going Woo! now? No, her erratic behavior was so similar to that of the MK Ultra experiments that it got people talking. Okay. And especially once they heard her ex-boyfriend come out with like, how angry she would get yeah, and yep. change. Someone close to her that, you know, knew her. Now, one of the major events that really began bringing the conspiracy theorists to this case is when Daniel Barrynell decided to buy a handgun. So, remember, he was buying the handgun from Joshua. Rather than pick one up in Oakland, Oakland California, where he lived at the time, he decided to take a trip north like north to Portland, Oregon, to buy one from his friend Josh. And then he and Josh Robinette had previously, they had worked together in California. I think I mentioned that before. And so, like, Michelle, you know, Michelle had the gun. So it's it's just rather odd, I guess, to some people. They found it, dif- like, difficult to believe that you would travel that far just for a gun. All right? I yeah. mean, your friend has it. That's not out of the the realm of ordinary to me no i mean if it's a friend country like we are people buy and sell guns and uh, off of people all the time here right right so it's not as unusual for us on october 7th 2013 the two men met up and they they um exchanged the gun but uh, completely obliterating that serial number is 
is one thing that some of the conspiracy theorists are like, you know, they did that like on purpose because they knew that they were going to go kill somebody with it, right? Because they did that beforehand? Well, not according to court testimony. It was done afterwards in an attempt. Like Joshua does admit to getting rid of the serial number on the gun. Now, whether it was before or after is not entirely clear. Gotcha. So that's what leaves people to speculate. I see. In all of it. Okay. So, but John S. Captain III. Such an official name. It really is. He did come forward and do like all kinds of interviews. He did one with Ed Opperman. And he would talk about like just the weird things that she would do. He said that she slept at home. Um, he, I'm sorry, she slept at the home of her handler where she was forced to make a bed for herself on the floor. He also claimed that she racked up hundreds of thousands of dollars in medical bills because of her drug addiction and suicide attempts and that she had gone into drug and alcohol treatment programs on at least two different occasions. He also claims that during the investigation into Tiffany's death, the Oregon State Police attempted to rope him into the case by saying that that Tiffany Jenks had left a set of mysterious bags in his home. He goes on to say that any bags in his home that had not been owned or that had been owned by Tiffany were empty. So he actually, John Captain, actually later made a uh, petition on change.org in hopes of getting the FBI to kind of interview her case and whatever. But since then, like after more conspiracy theories came out, it's all been removed, all audio, all video, all of his web presence, everything. There is no activity and he is no longer actively seeking at, like asking the Oregon State to police Oregon State Police to look further into her murder at all. Oh. So like he started and he was giving interviews about her erratic her erratic behavior and everything, but then as people started putting it together with all of these other things and was like, wait, was this just a random are we sure that these are just random strangers? Because it's bizarre. Right. It's bizarre that random strangers would just pick her up, murder her then be caught literally like the next day and come forward and just be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, we did she it. She was begging she, us she to do it. She wanted us yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. She was begging us to, and then these two were urging me to and then congratulated me. Like, it's all very It is very odd, odd. I'm right? Not, I'm not saying it. I guess it couldn't happen. I mean, I can't imagine anyone begging me to do that, and I'm like, well, I guess since you're begging me. That's just it. Like, then you did it, right? And I, I get that they were probably all intoxicated. I understand that. But there's no motive. Like, when we talk about murder, we typically talk about means, motive, and opportunities. Right. right? Like, I hear that all the time in other um, investigation discoveries, all different kinds. Of, when you hear detectives talk, they talk about that, like, Motive is key. Having the means, having the opportunity. Like, where's the motive here? Just someone begging you. Right. Someone begging you to do this. Like, at the very least, you could have seriously just left her on the side of the road. Right. Like, you are acting way too intense. Mm -hmm. Uh, Go ahead and walk this one off and we're going to go. Right. That's why this is just so bizarre. And, like, you've never killed someone before. But now, you're all of like, a sudden, okay. tonight, you're like, sure, you want me to? Okay, there you go. Yeah, I get how this, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And he just happened to buy this gun just very recently. Literally before. the day before. Yeah. Literally the day before. And it's and like, oh, I have this gun now. is scratched off. Yep. That's and odd. they had never had any prior contact. They couldn't link these three people with Tiffany anywhere else in life. Okay. Right, so she didn't even really know them. No, not at all. They met in the early mornings, uh, morning of October 8th and in a strip club. Wow. Yeah. So there's there's more here, more conspiracy theories, as, as people are calling them. But 
Tiffany's father actually had worked at the Los Alamos military base in New Mexico. That is also, I don't know if you are familiar with the Los Los Alamos uh, military base, probably not. No. But that is rumored to be the birthplace of the atomic bomb, okay? So many believe that people who were turned into the MK Ultra operatives came from families with ties to the military. Her father's connection to one of the most important moments in American history, no matter how weird it may seem, puts her in, like, she's a prime suspect for conspiracy theory territory, yeah, right? sure. Because they're like, wait, she, her father worked at Los, Los Alamos. This is, um, you know, this was a really, really, really famous big, big things happened at this military base. MK Ultra operatives were heavily recruited from military families, military ties, right? So they're like, this kind of tracks. They're thinking this could track. So there's there are some people that think that Tiffany was involved with MK Ultra or the CIA and that she had been recruited because of her father. So at that point in time, then it's like, all right. She's a part of it, and it's not going well because of her erratic behavior. It didn't. It didn't work. She's a loose end. Ah, uh, so we've got Was, to get rid of yes. the loose end. Yes. And why are these people just willing to take the fall? Like they're just, you know, they're like, "What the heck?" Like Daniel right. just is like, "Yep, I, I did it." Well, I mean, Dee Dee Moore was looking for somebody to take the fall. That's true for Abraham Shakespeare. Yep. That is. That's true. So, unfortunately, she. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I, I shouldn't took, say, she, unfortunately, no, at she all. took the fall, yeah. but <laughs> but no, I get okay. No, but that's like, where they're I at. They're like, saying. all right, what if she really was a part of something else, and that's why she had all these behavior issues? I mean, she she was a physicist. She was very intelligent. She had many degrees. She was doing really well. But she had her, her vices. Father, and- who worked in the military, dies. She yes, she goes and struggles with addiction, like. What happened? People are are thinking, was she recruited? Did she go through some stuff? And that contributed to her struggle with addiction. And like I said, she was a loose end that just needed to be tied off. Taken care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they do they think that these people just took the fall? Or are they like... Well, it's anybody's guess. There is, that is part of the theory of were they paid to take the fall? Were right. they set up and paid to do it sure. in general and it backfired and they got caught? So like you accept that, you know, it was confirmed that um, this group you could see on, on camera, Daniel, Josh and Michelle, they were out drinking all night. Okay, you can see them going to different strip clubs on different cameras. You can see them at different bars. So it's not like they were just kind of like waiting for her. No, yes. And so that's, this is kind of like a counteractive, you know, to the the conspiracy theories of just, hey, you know, we can see that this trio was out partying all night before they crossed paths with Tiffany. It was Daniel that was talking to her first. And that was, could be seen on the CCTV footage as well, that was obtained from one of the clubs. So Daniel was kind of the first to make contact and, like, bring Tiffany into the group. Um, But people also think that it's possible that she was murdered because of her job. Now, I mentioned that she worked as a hydrologist with the Bonneville Power, uh, Power Administration, after her father's death, death, she suddenly quit her job and went into that downward spiral, right, with drug and alcohol abuse. But some people theorize that her death could have had to do with her job at the Power Administration. Her ex-boyfriend prior to her death, or her ex-boyfriend said in an interview that before she died, Tiffany had been saying lots of people are going to die. And many theorists believe that she knew about a plot that had to do with destroying dams or nuclear power sites in the area and that she was killed before she could warn the public. Oh, okay. Yes. So I'm like, don't love that. No. But 
if, you know, her ex-boyfriend is saying, she would say that a lot of people are going to die when they're talking about her job. Okay. That one's chilling. I know. I don't like that at all. Um, They also think that it's possible that she was participating in some sort of insider trading scheme at the power plant. And again, allegedly, Tiffany told her boyfriend, John Captain, that she was supposed to write down the height of a specific dam and the direction of the water flow before passing it on to her co-workers. Some theorists believe that she was actually part of a vast scam being used to um, get people, like scam people out of their money, but they don't exactly know how this scheme was going to work. Like, I think you have to be a hydrologist to really understand, (laughs) but there's people that's like, oh no, I, you know, I know about, about these water scams. (laughs) Those water uh, scams. Those water scams. You got to watch out for them. Yep. Now there's also, as there are in a lot of cases, there's growing theory surrounding her death that the Oregon State Police were somehow like in on her murder because on the night that she was killed, she sent a text message to John that said, they want to kill me, but she didn't explain who they were. Oh, so this is like... Yes. Okay. But she was murdered that very same night. So I'm like, you know, it, when I read that, I'm like, well, it's possible that she was talking about the trio. Right. It was that some very... Of the, some of the theories are just that, you know, it was <coughs> all too convenient that the police were like, we got this license plate, we caught them so the next quickly. day, yeah. and they admit, you know, Daniel admitted to pulling the trigger, even though their stories were slightly, di- you know, each of them had their own little variations, and um, I think at one point, Michelle denied being outside of the vehicle having sex, which I would probably deny that too, because it's just, a, if it's true, it's a horrible part of the story, like, you're outside having sex, and these two are arguing in the car and then he shoots her. Right. And yeah. Like I it's probably not a good, <laughs> I wouldn't want people knowing I'm getting my freak on either. You know? No, not at that time. So there's people that are like, you know, the Oregon state police knew something and we're, and we're covering some, some things up, but I feel, you know, I don't, I don't like this one. I feel like people are always so quick to just be like, ah, oh, the crappy police. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, Maybe they really did just do their job and they found they got her license plate number from the camera footage and got the bad guys. You know. Yeah, I could without I mean, any maybe. more being in without them being involved. So, as I mentioned several times throughout this episode, a lot of people just can't let go of the fact that she was killed by a stranger, uh-huh. by three strangers essentially, right? Well, there are there are a couple of pieces of evidence that kind of suggest that perhaps they weren't strangers because in one of the video footages at one of the clubs, you can see Tiffany shaking hands with Daniel and then also with Michelle and Josh in like the parking lot of the club where they had met. I keep wanting to call him Captain, but John, her boyfriend, John, had said that there are times when she talks to someone named Josh. She also told John that her friend Josh was suicidal and talks about have, how he has a gun. Like, she's worried about him, right? So people naturally think now maybe she was talking about Josh Robinette and, in, in you know, he had sold that gun to Daniel, right? But I'm going to say, guys, there's a lot of Joshes out there. Yeah. I, I just don't know that this means just because they were shaking hands in a parking lot. Is it, it's possible that like, oh, hey, here's my friend Michelle, here's my friend Josh, you know, because the camera footage judge does show inside the club her talking to Daniel first. So what if they were just shaking hands in the parking lot? Like, hey, this is Michelle, this is Josh. Right. It doesn't mean that Josh, she knew Josh first and then, you know, was, was shaking hands. Like, I, I just, I don't know if this one... This one doesn't really I'm stick for a me. little bit. Yeah, because yeah. she can have other friends named Josh. You know, it's it's like the name Matt. It's everywhere. Well, I, you True. can't get away from it. <laughs> 
You really can't. I get that people are having a hard time letting go mm-hmm. of the sim- very simple, she met these random people and, and they just, all of a sudden she left with them and so she, then weird. she was begging them to shoot her for no reason. Yeah. I flipped. I mean, I don't think she was begging. Now, granted, there was a lot of erratic behavior. A lot of erratic behavior. We know she'd been drinking. We know that there's evidence that when she's drinking, she wasn't the same person. Now, I don't. I personally don't buy that she was a part of the MK Ultra. Can you know um, experiments, and that's why she was triggered. Um, you yeah. know, and, and acted like that personally. Um, but I'm also not this girl's loved one either and you know trying to seek answers and I'm not saying that her family feels this way it's just this is what some people have brought on attention on this case of highlighting like there could be more to this story than than what the surface shows the other thing that people have problems with is the fact that the three kind of gave various renditions of what happened you know Josh Robinette said that he and Michelle were having sex in the bushes and he heard Tiffany and um, Daniel getting into an argument. But, you know, and then Daniel claims, nope, we just left her on the side of the road before he does eventually admit that he's the one that shot her. Um, And then Michelle says, oh, I heard a gunshot and Josh told me that he saw a muzzle flash, you know. So it's like, wait a second, like you guys didn't really. It's not. It yes, doesn't align. your variations. Yes. Now, yep. do, did any of them ever change their story? There's not information that they did other than Daniel, who was like, yeah, okay. I did pull the trigger, but it's because she was begging me to. And the other two were demanding, were telling me to. And then after I did, they congratulated me. And now he's the one sitting. And he's the one that's 18 years in prison. They got one year. I just, this whole thing is so bizarre to Mm -hmm. me. And all they had to go by was the three of their word, right? Yes. There's no. So the other two, they're just like, oh, okay. You're for you. All we have is the autopsy that does show the the same caliber gun that was, right, you know, revolver that was used that Josh and Daniel had purchased, well, that Ugh. that Daniel had purchased off from Joshua that very the day before, so it all tracks that way, but it's just so bizarre. It like, is. what's the real reason? You know, and I haven't read this one, but I'm just gonna throw out: was this a drug deal gone wrong? I'm not opposed to that. She she had some she did. addiction problems, and yep. we know that deals can go wrong. Yep. I'm kind of here for that one because it's like she didn't know them. So that would give a reason that she was with them. Yes, exactly. And obviously they weren't thinking about the license plate being caught on camera. They had enough forward thought to scratch off, try to scratch off the um, number on yeah. the gun. But, and they were hiding out in a motel. You know, I mean, Daniel got back on a bus to go back to Oakland. But Josh and Michelle were hiding out in a hotel. They didn't go home. So, it's so the other part to me that is just odd, I mean, despite her addiction issues, she seemed like a pretty motivated and, yes, you know, sensible person. And so, I mean, I can tell you I wouldn't get in the car with three people. Are you, absolutely no, not. No, no, the, no. I didn't know. And they're like, hey, let's go hang out or what I don't even know what they were doing but no way would I ever do that well and her sister gave interviews to Fox News and had said that you know yes after um she did quit her job immediately after our father died because it was extremely her father's death was extremely hard on her we don't know the details of what all was going on in her employment at that time too she did go in a downward spiral but she said before her death, she was in a really good place and that she was really sounded really happy and was sounding really positive about her future. So it's not even like she seemed to be um, relapsing or on a bender. Now, we yeah. do know she was in different establishments that served alcohol. So and according to her boyfriend, she had been drinking 
um, regularly, you know, around him and the way that she acted when she got drunk and whatnot. So I do think it's re- I don't know what the autopsy showed in terms of blood alcohol. Oh, you're not sure Le- what it read? Level, no, nope. Um, I didn't find that information. There's even a website out there that discusses the possibility that the Illuminati had a hand in her death. And basically that Michelle, the reason that Michelle and Josh got such a light sentence is because, you know, they did their one they year. Did. They they paid their fine for their part in the hideous crime and they're they're set free. So there's there's a lot of theories yes, out there. there. Are. There's just usually not for seemingly cut and dry cases like this. So I found it interesting that I that what seemed like a really open and closed case has really started to stir people's yeah, thoughts. The theories. Yes. Yep. Going and and honestly, I do understand why people would question because it does seem like so such a random act. This is just a part of my job when I do investigations. You always have to think of other possibilities, other hypotheses, right? And for me, I'm leaning towards a drug deal gone wrong. Yeah, I would probably lean towards that as well. And just that they didn't have what she, you know, was after or whatever it may have been. But they drove her out into the middle of nowhere. We know people are in and out of the vehicle. Right. And then she gets shot. And I just refuse to believe that she begged them to shoot her. And that the others were instigating, so he just did it. That's like the dumbest really reason. stupid. This is the dumbest motive I think I've ever actually covered on a case before. Like, well, they told me to do it. She told me to do it, it so I did it. It definitely wins for the, the most senseless and stupid. Right. Like, so, that's, of course I, it leaves so, the door open for people to be like, what else was she involved right. in? Like, the, what's the motive? Where's there a motive? It's so stupid that... It's either not accurate or it's so stupid that it's accurate. Right. Yes. Like, good point. Good point. Like so stupid that it actually did happen and it. Yeah. You know. And cold blooded murder, we get 18 years. That was weird to me too. <sighs> yeah. You'd... I'm sure her family does not appreciate that. <laughs> That's a very sentence. light sentence. Yeah. It's just all so odd. Isn't it? Yeah. So that that is the theory surrounding Tiffany Jenks. I'm, wow. So sorry that she is no longer with us, but I guess if that is truly how that all went down with no other motive than that, um, wow, I'm so, so, like, there's, that is nuts. Wow, that is the craziest, like, just bizarre case I think I've ever, yeah, so senseless. Like, if it's true, I'm just like, okay. So are you ready for a brain bath? I am ready. Okay, so this brain bath was sent to us from a listener in South Africa, and she couldn't actually find an article in English, so she gave us the rundown, and boy, do I wish that we could read it, but this was this I appreciate really... her giving us the, the rundown of it, though. Me, too, because, and I did, I really did try to look at it and be like, could I decipher this? No. It turns <laughs> Not out even close. I speak one language, and that is English <laughs> Same. only. Same Just so you know. Um, so she's like, so the chicken Big Mac is new here in South Africa. And I like how she said that, like, like we have the chicken Big Mac. I was going to say, why don't I know of this? We don't have the chicken Big Mac. Totally jealous. She said she has not tried it yet. She thinks she's put off by McDonald's for a little while now. And you'll find out okay. why. <laughs> like, I'm curious. So she says, in the article... A girl took a bite of her burger to find a frog in it. <gasps> no. Amber, a frog. No, I could not recover from that. No. What? And you can see the picture of the frog. We don't need That's not me, in a different I gotta grab language. Your phone. Yep. <gasps> oh. There it is. Oh my God. How? I Why? don't. It's in the mayonnaise. It's in the mayonnaise. <laughs> it's like in the special sauce. <laughs> It is. It's just like hanging out in the special sauce. Oh, yeah. But her mom called it the McFroggy Burger. (laughs) Okay, that's funny. (laughs) Ew. And to make matters worse, they couldn't refund her for her McFrog. But (laughs) why? They offered them fresh burgers instead. Oh, my gosh. Let, Let us take care of the frog. Right. 
Like, uh, here's a fresh burger. I And I literally wrote her back. I'm like, laugh my ass off. Stop it. A McFroggy. I am dying over here. All we get is a thin patty that's claimed to be beef. (laughs) You know what? I'm curious what it would take for a a refund at this place if that wouldn't do it. Like they're like, not a sorry, we can't refund you your rand. But but what we can do, we can offer you some fresh non frog. (laughs) Because I'm sure you're still starving here. Right. I'm sure you want to continue to eat at our establishment after we have clearly proven our health and safety standards. Oh my gosh. You know I want to know what happened to the frog. <sighs> oh, I, I don't I don't know because it's in Africans. We need to know. It looks like it's still alive. Like it in really that does. it doesn't look you're like right. it was like cooked. You're absolutely right. It does look Oh, the little legs. I didn't see those at first. <laughs> Oh my god, it's like hanging off of the burger. It Let is. me see that again. It is. Oh god. It, oh, it's like hanging it's like a cliffhanger. It it's is. hanging off of the chicken off patty. That chicken. We must post the this. The fried chicken. We must. Absolutely. I cannot when I first saw it was just the upper body in oh, the mayonnaise. You have to, yeah, I had to click on the picture to open it up. But that poor little guy is fighting for his life, he like is. crawling through the mayonnaise with his legs hanging he's off of wonder, the bun. How, he's wondering how the hell he ended he's up. He's even like, how did I get on a chicken sandwich? Oh, right. <laughs> oh my god! This isn't my pond. <laughs> this is how it ends. And suddenly he's the McFrog burger. Can you imagine? And he is rolled in that mayonnaise, he man. Is. I hope he made it and he's living his best life now. I really do. He's going to stay out of the mayonnaise pond. Also, I'll say there's not a ton of mayonnaise. Spe- no, it's... Uh, our special sauce, like this, this looks different. Me, than myself, our- Mama needs more sauce Yes, than yes, that. me too. But I like me some condiments. That in, its, in itself would be cause for refund. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that poor little frog. Imagine if they would have actually taken a bite. Imagine. No. Oh, no. 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 Okay, we won't admit. No. no. Erases. We're not doing that. No. We're not doing Just that. Just right in half. Oh. No. Or jumping into oh. the So throat. much could have went wrong. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I hope he survived, though. <laughs> Me too. He deserves better. Oh, Lord. Yeah. That's the craziest story I've ever heard. Ugh. I mean, I just love that they couldn't give him a refund. No refunds for you, but I think that's I think that's my favorite part. It's food. like, sorry about the frog, but- and I love, how, our, I love how our listener was like, um, I haven't tried the chicken Big Mac yet, but like I'm put off, I think. <laughs> I'm, I'm hesitant now. Yeah. Good call. Good call. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh. Wow. There's that, guys. And um, with that, please keep listening for, for more. More of that. More of that, for sure. And uh, follow us on social media. You can join our Patreon if you feel so compelled to do so. That'd be awesome. Get lots of extra content. And uh, until next time, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. Go grab yourself some McDonald's. Yeah. Free advertising <laughs> yeah, for there them. There we go. All right. Bye-bye.